Hello and happy 2017. Welcome to Hello. another bonus podcast. <laughs> this is our first one in the year 2017. January 3rd, we're recording it. Mm-hmm. I don't know when you'll be listening to it, but that's where we are when we're doing this. <laughs> My name is Crystal Taves. I'm the pastor of women here at Northview Community Church in Abbotsford. And I'm joined by some regular podcasters who I will let introduce themselves. Oh, me first? Okay, sure, I'm Shailia. Sure. I'm one of the pastors on staff in the care department. I'm Erin. What else do I say? Erin <laughs> Peters is with us today, folks. Good to have her here. Uh, we had a our first prayer night last night uh, at Northview. It's a great tradition that we have to have a week of prayer starting off our ministry series. And so if you are hearing this podcast and you're, we're still in that week of prayer, consider mm-hmm, coming mm-hmm. out to the next couple nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday night, tonight is going to be... Um, with global missions and then also local government people. Yeah, right. Tomorrow night is going to be with families. families. And so Pastor Robin and Dan are yeah. going to lead uh, through a dinner and an earlier evening prayer, I think starting at 530. Yeah. They tried to entice me with chicken strips. That wasn't getting you in the door? <laughs> no, I'm a little bit past chicken strips. But you can come for later then. <laughs> Although if it has dips, I like chicken strips and dips. You can mm-hmm. have just the chips. Yeah, there we go. That'll work. There might be some salad. Yeah, yeah. And then Thursday night is local missions. Are you saying salad because it's the new year and we should be in New Year's resolutions? Yes. No fries, more salad? I'm just trying to entice you to come. Ah, so salad's not, not enticing. No? no? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> maybe some trifle for dessert? <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> get you some chocolate some chocolate mousse cake. Yeah. That'll get you in the Probably door. Probably should not have that at the start of the new year. Uh, and then Friday is young adults the, for the prayer night. Oh, so, it is. Yeah, okay. to different topics. So. I couldn't remember what Friday was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll be good. Always very encouraging to see people coming out for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, Thalia is alluding to our topic already by all her comments on New Year's <laughs> resolutions and eating salad. Uh, that's what we wanted to talk about today. Um, New Year's resolutions as a Christian. Um, when you're not a Christian, is there a difference um, that we should think about things differently as we look ahead to a new year? So we thought we'd, by first just starting off talking about resolutions in general, when are your regular re-evaluating or resolution time? Like is January the go-to or are there other times where you re-evaluate? Yeah, I think January is a logical time because you're cleaning up all your Christmas stuff and starting new, fresh calendar. It's a logical time to re-evaluate what you've been doing that year. But I think September is often a really common time for people as well. Yeah depending on where they're at in family life and school schedules and things. Yeah, for me, September feels like the start of a new year. Start of a new school year, start of a new ministry year. January feels a little bit like a continuation. Hmm. Not so much a new year. You kind of started something already in September. Put yourself in a trajectory. We're in the middle of the school year. We're in the middle of the ministry year. I already have plans and thoughts, but September is usually the start. But it's still a good time to reevaluate. Yeah, I've still been doing that. I just didn't call it resolutions, but (laughs) well, it's often the beginning of like your budget for the year or different things like that. Yeah. It's a natural time when, for us, we sort of declutter. You know, I had to take all yeah. my Christmas stuff out of my storage room, which means now I have to go all back in there, which means I might as well look and see if there's anything I can give back to MCC. So Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes we laugh at New Year's resolutions and think it's not important, and some people do them and some people don't. But what's the value of kind of taking that time to think through our our past and our future? Like... Yeah, I kind of waffle on that because I think it is important to reevaluate, but I sometimes get trapped in the thought that, well, will I continue this 
or will it just last for the week like lots of people? Yeah. So, you know, is this worth actually sitting down and talking about and doing something about or is it just going to disappear in the piles of paper in the list that I make? Is it going to make me feel more guilty at the end of the year because I said something and they didn't follow through? Yeah. And if I tell them to people and they know and I don't don't follow through (laughs) in a few weeks, then I'll feel worse. So maybe I should just keep my mouth closed. I don't know. Yeah. And yet there is something good about being intentional, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know if we just kind of live each day as it comes, we're never actually going to accomplish anything. No. Like nothing's actually going to be moved forward in our own life, in our family life, in our education, our career, right? If we just kind of react to life all the time, it's just going to, I don't know, nothing's going to really progress, I don't think. Yeah. I think also if you make a really lofty goal, there's just unlikely that you're going to make it. Yeah. Unless you have so many supports and other things that have sort of cleared the way for that. But if you make some kind of minor tweaks that have a practical, logical um, kind of goal in mind, that would work. So (laughs) maybe. What are some of yours? (laughs) Um, Well, we were discussing that I, last year, I announced to my kids, okay, this doesn't sound like much, but I'm going to plan to do 12 hikes this year. Because I'm always trying to cajole everybody to get out the door and and go do one with me. And nobody wants to go on a hike so with So is this me. hikes with your family or just hikes in general? I decided it was just for me. Okay. So I you invited them to join me. your resolution? <laughs> so I said if I roughly did one once a, year, once a month, that would be 12. And then in the summer, if I doubled up, then I got maybe <laughs> November or December off or something. Anyways, I didn't quite make it, but it was... I got, How many did I got you do? 10. 10? That's pretty so, good. And I'm not talking like gigantic weekend long hikes. Like, I'm talking, what are you like, talking like anything from the Abbey Grind to maybe uh, one of the lake ones in Chilliwack or oh, something. Yeah, it's so a couple hours. Like, yeah, something. It's a couple hours. Yeah. Just part of keeping body healthy. So, but having that in mind helped you plan the 10 that you did. Yeah. If you hadn't said that, it wouldn't have happened. I probably would have done five. You would have done five even? Maybe. If you hadn't planned anything? Yeah, because I do sometimes just go. Okay. <laughs> Some people would need more of a specific than that. Like I wouldn't, I, mean, I like hiking, but if I didn't plan, if I didn't have a specific goal like that in mind, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. I go for lots of walks with my dog, but mm-hmm. well, to get away for a hike doesn't happen that often. You had something else about hosting, Erin. Oh yeah. Well, we had just finished last Christmas, last New Year's. We had just finished uh, a bit of a renovation where we finally had a kitchen table that could sit more than six people. And we are five people in our family, so that deeply inhibited our ability to invite people over for a meal. Um, We always hosted Kevin's family, and then we had to pull out all these folding tables and things. But beyond that, we didn't invite people over for a meal. So I had said last New Year's that I wanted to invite somebody over once a month. And that did not happen. (laughs) We're hearing the true failed resolutions. I think we did like maybe three or four. So no, not quite. But it set, at least it set a trajectory. It set our family in the mode of that's our goal. And you I don't said think it, it, I don't feel totally discouraged by it because we did do it a couple times, a few yeah. times. So maybe you and just it was need better than we had done it. The, the goal, yeah. yeah. Or just keep trying to aim towards it. Yeah. And I think you had said it didn't count family gatherings. It counted like you were going to have an extra family friends over. Yeah. Which is I think a pretty good goal. Yeah. Yeah. I have tried the Bible reading in a year plan um, a number of times when I was younger, and I never made it through the whole Bible in a year. I've read the Bible in a year for a course, but in terms of like reading the reading the Bible in a year devotionally, mm-hmm. I just find that I would get a couple months in and it would start to become, oh, I'm just checking the box mm-hmm. yeah. to get this done and because it's so much because it's like five chapters or whatever. Yeah. 
and it became a chore. And then as soon as it became a chore, I got frustrated about mm-hmm. it because I thought that's God's reading shouldn't be that much of a chore to me. And so then I would stop and then I'd be mad at myself for stopping. And yeah. then, but it's, it's a hard thing uh, to try and do that. And it's not a hard thing, but for me, I like being able to spend time in God's word regularly, but yeah. actually be able to sit and soak in it and think through it and pray through it yeah. and to be forced to go five chapters a day. Uh, I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. No. I didn't feel like it was right for it me. It is good to read the Bible through. Like I did, yeah. I've done it a few times because I wanted to say I read every word, but I can't make it through in 12 months. When I've done reading the Bible through, it's taken longer than that. And I just let it be longer than that. I just disregarded the dates because <laughs> I'm like, You just well, have the list and just check yeah, off the list. that's what I did. But it's not set to a date. I no. think that would be a healthier way for me to do it too. Yeah. And I wanted to add prayer to that. So one year when I did it, I did a little extra column. So I would read the reading for the day and then I would pray for like 10 minutes and put the timer on my phone because I'm terribly Mm. distractible. And I'd put a little check mark that I had read and prayed. But it didn't turn out to be that I would read every day of the week. Probably worked out to be three or four days a week that I would read. And then sometimes I had time to do one or two or three days of reading. And other times I only could do one day of reading. And generally it took me more than like generally more than a year for sure, like 15 months to a year and a half. Yeah, but you still kept at it, so. Well, I wanted to say that I'd read every word in the Bible at least once. And so I've done it a few times, and sometimes I've done only the New Testament, sometimes only the Hmm. Old Testament. I don't think I'm going to do that this year, but I think I want to find something else. Yeah. What are the other New Year's resolutions that you hear people talking about? Well, you had a long list. I had a list. We have a list here. Yeah, so I'll read the list, yeah. and then you can add another ones that you hear. So this was the top top 10 from 2015 on some website. I um, can't remember which one it was. Nielsen.com. I don't know if there's pollsters or what. Yeah, it's the stats. So the first was stay fit and healthy. The second was lose weight. The third, enjoy life to the fullest, which is a very vague resolution. Like, yes. What in the heck does that mean? I don't enjoy know. Enjoy life to the fullest. How can you measure that? Um, the fourth one, spend less, save more. Mm-hmm. The fifth, spend more time with family and friends. Uh, the sixth, get organized. The seventh, to not make any more resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> Done that some years. Yeah. Eight, yes. Eight, learn something new, a new hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine, travel more. Ten, read more. Those are the top ten. So from statisticbrain.com for this coming year, like 2017. Oh, this is a prediction one? Well, this was the, they had already done some polls, what people okay, were going to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was quit smoking was one added to that. Help others in their dreams. Oh. Fall in love. <laughs> you know, some of those kind of things. And then some of the other ones like enjoy life to the fullest, which for some people could mean sitting on a couch and reading a book and others Not could be like bungee else. jumping every day. I don't know. What does that mean? I don't mean? know how you could put fall in love on a New Year's resolution because... I mean, you can make yourself available for relationships, but yeah. how can you guarantee that's not attainable necessarily? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to force myself to fall in love with somebody <laughs> in the next 12 months. <laughs> so further down that page of statisticbrain.com, they had the percent of Americans that make resolutions. What mm. would you guess? Oh, I would think most people would. I would say at least 60. Yeah, I would think it would be around that too. So they said 45%. Okay. Huh? They said, how many percent are successful in keeping the resolutions? Oh, 10. Yeah, yeah, eight, it said. And then infrequent success was like 49%. That's so me. So it's like kind of like I'm, you, like I'm 10 in... hikes, you know, out of 12. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Moving in the right direction, but not quite making it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So other ones might be organizing. I don't think that was on the list, right? I well, didn't see that anywhere. There is. Get organized. Oh, get organized. Yep. Um, yeah. Relationships. We often do things like time management, like something you can cut out or add in. Yeah. 
So we wanted to talk about New New Year's resolutions as Christians. Is there a difference to what we should resolve to do if we are in Christ and if we're not? Is there a different focus that we should have as we um, approach a new year? What do you guys think about that? Should there be a difference in our New Year's resolutions? Yes, I think so. Yeah. In what way? Well, I was thinking too, for people who are not Christians, and if they believe that this life is the only life, then yeah, you should maximize it. So if losing weight helps you to get to your goals of maybe being able to do more, travel more, live life to the fullest, then yeah, you should do it. If quitting an addiction helps you with that, then you should do it. Because if this is your only life, then you, you might as well, well live yeah. as long as you can. And yeah, and do take whatever, everything out of it. Yeah, makes you happy. So if a resolution helps you to get there, then you should do it. Like culturally, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. As Christians, though, is there a higher purpose in our resolutions? Well, and there's... I mean, yes, I think there's a higher purpose for sure. But there's also a piece of it, I think, that's like we have to curb some of those desires too. Right. Some like of the indulgences, in desires, right? Yeah. Like live life to the fullest. I mean, there's things I might think of that would not fall under what the Lord would will us to be doing. Yeah. And I have to just, okay, move yeah. that one aside because there's disciplines I need to fit this into yeah. my resolutions. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just the idea that we are supposed to have our minds focused on things that are eternal, not the things that are just of this world, right? Mm -hmm. And so then that's going to change our perspective too, because some things that we invest in our time in are Mm -hmm. only going to be for this world. And other things that we invest our time in are going to have an eternal purpose. And so Mm -hmm. how do we kind of evaluate in our own sphere of influence in our own lives? What are those pieces that are actually going to kind of go with us to eternity? And what are the things that are actually just going to make life better for us here and now? Yeah. And how can we think in, you know, as we set our goals towards those things that are going to have a more eternal purpose. Mm-hmm. Whatever is pure, whatever is true, mm-hmm. put our minds on those things. Yeah. And it's really only like we're not going to be able to take anything with us um, stuff wise, like material wise, but we can take people with us. Yeah. Right. To heaven. And so how do we invest in the people um, for that eternal purpose? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If we can share the gospel with people, if we can share Christ's love with people, they can come with us. Yeah. Eternally. I was thinking about this a little bit in terms of some of the goals that we typically make. Yeah. And what would be the difference in that goal if we are Christians and if we're not? Right. So, for example, I was thinking about the losing weight, increasing fitness, which is a really great goal. Yeah. Without Christ, often the goal is for me. Like, it's to look good. It's to gain praise. It's so that you can do more in life. It's, so you can wear that bathing suit in the summertime right. when you that's go to right. the beach. That's right. And, and it has kind of a temporary kind of a purpose. Yeah. But with Christ, it has more to that. Maybe it's so that I can have less sick days and honor my job and honor my employer. Maybe it's if I am more fit or am healthier, then I can be a better mom, better wife, better friend, better what, whatever I am. And I was kind of thinking it makes it a little bit of a stronger goal. I think, yeah. Aaron, when we were talking before, you said it's a firmer goal. Yeah. It makes it feel more meaningful to actually yeah. push towards that because there's a bigger purpose. Yeah. What would be some other ones? How about like getting organized? How could that be seen just on an earthly perspective and an eternal perspective? Well, I, I mean, I think for one thing, the the being disorganized makes you makes your thoughts come out the way mine are right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just chaos, and it it doesn't have a good flow to it. And uh, when we're organized that's a great goal just so your home and your family and everything can run smoothly and when we submit that under god as as a christian 
some of those superfluous things are put aside then because we have the time to focus on him or to have people in your home because you're not a hoarder anymore. And (laughs) it's more submitted under the Lord. Well, I think getting organized means that I can reevaluate my stuff. Most of us tend to have too much stuff so I can give it away to MCC or to another thrift store and somebody else can benefit so that's a bigger goal than simply for me getting to organized declutter. and having my house look good. It's, yeah. it's for the benefit of others. And also so that I recognize that maybe I don't need to buy as much stuff or collect as much right. stuff if I, as I have been. Yeah. I remember sometimes like when my kids, now they don't have quite as many hand-me-downs, but I remember one time packing up like the little Thomas the Tank Engine. We had like this <laughs> yeah. matching blanket right. and sheet set and a pillow set. And yeah. I thought, I was so excited to bring it to MCC because I thought some kid, like this is yeah. a lot of, this is going to cost a hundred bucks if they bought it new. And some mm-hmm. family's going to get it for $15. And yeah. I was excited to think of some little kid getting totally great set, right? Yeah. So yeah, there can be different ways. Even our regular goals, we can think of like, how could this actually be used for the kingdom? How could this be used for God's yeah. purposes? Because it doesn't have to be simply a spiritual goal to no. be a Christian goal. No. no, It doesn't have to only be prayer and Bible reading and things like that. It can be a regular goal that everybody else makes, but what higher purpose does it have as a Christian? Yeah. So yeah. for things like finances, yeah. getting out of debt is something mm-hmm. everybody wants to. But if getting out of debt allows us to be more generous with other people, to host an extra or have an extra compassion child or to yeah. do all these things like that mm-hmm. has an extra yeah. added benefit. Yeah. Yeah. To be good stewards of our money. Yeah. Like stewards. Sorry. I think it's good to take these kinds of conversations when you go out for coffee with a friend. Ask them these kinds of things. What kind of goals or resolutions did you make? And how are they different if we're Christians? Or how could they be different if we're Christians? Yeah. Add that meaning, that extra mm-hmm. purpose to it. Right. The things that we're saving up for when we look at our finances at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Those may change whether you're living for self or living for your Christian community living for Christ. Yeah, for sure. So there's an article that I posted on the Northview Women Facebook page, um, December 31st. It was by Donald Whitney, who is a great um, author of anything spiritual discipline. Like if Hmm. you ever find a Donald Whitney book, they're really solid books. He's written a lot of great books on prayer and other spiritual disciplines. So he wrote an article on 10 things that you should consider um, as you start the new year. Ten, so we're, 10 questions to, to ask, ask at the start of the new year. There you go. That's the name of the... <laughs> you can also access it through the Gospel Coalition because I had read it through their oh. website. Okay. okay. And Crystal and I were talking about the same article, not realizing it was the, the same, same article. article. Uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah, I had seen it on a different spot. But yeah, so what we thought we would do is read through. Um, he has 10 to start off with, but then he actually has 31 altogether. There's an extra 21 after the first 10. And what he suggested is you can either just work through all 31 or you could actually take one a day and just mull it over for a day for a month and kind of come up with things. Each of these, he's kind of t- uh, talked about identifying one thing, one mm-hmm. change. And I thought that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Sometimes we think of a billion things. Um, but I know like my one of my husband's cousins a while ago when she turned 40, she said, every year I'm going to do one new thing. Mm. And it's, I thought, well, that's not a big deal. But it actually is a big deal. Like she learned how to ride a motorbike one year. She learned how to, you know, she went on a, her first half marathon the second year. And she's just done different unique things each year. So that's kind of what his his goal is for here to get us to evaluate one thing mm-hmm. in each of those categories. So I will read them and then we'll stop on a couple and yeah. talk about them. So the first one, he says, what's one thing you could do this year to increase your enjoyment of God? It's a question we don't usually ask. No. 
So that one, I would, I want to spend some time mulling over that one. I don't have an answer at this point. No, and I think that would be very different for different people, mm-hmm. depending on where you are at in your relationship with God. Like but we don't pe- think about enjoying God. No. Like, what could you do to increase your enjoyment of God? That's interesting. Yeah. Second question, what is the most humanly impossible thing you will ask God to do this year? Mm-hmm. So that is like, what are you going to pray for that you cannot do on your own strength? Yeah. That there's no way you could accomplish. It's an interesting one too. Third one, what is the single most important thing you could do to improve the quality of your family life this year? Anyone want to jump in on that one? Yeah, for our family, that one is uh, prayer. We... I'll admit, we have not been terribly great at teaching our kids about prayer and um, and and just having like regular devotional times. I mean, that's probably better, but the prayer thing, not. So we thought we needed to focus on that. We haven't quite come up with all the resolutions yet of how that will, like the action plan is not fully developed. But, but we're working on yesterday. it. <laughs> we saw them as a family come to the first night of the prayer week. Yeah. And a lot of people were really... It really encouraged just seeing you walk in the door as a family saying, wow, you're here as a family. With like us. that's a huge encouragement to the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't maybe the best ever thing for your kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they but, did well, but though. they witnessed people praying yeah, as yeah. a community, not Which just is, in a typical church service yeah. or at youth group. So, yeah. yeah. And that's going to, this question is going to be different for people at different stages of their life. Mm-hmm. So like right now I have... You know, two of my kids not living at home. And so just even the fact trying to get, say, three or four times a year where we're all together at an event doing something right. can be huge. <laughs> like a lot of arm twisting and yeah. <laughs> clear your schedule and being intentional. And like yeah. we tried to get my son um, is at UBC. And so he's going to Westside Church in Vancouver. For us to try and find a Sunday morning where we could all go to join him at Westside and go out for brunch, it took mm-hmm. us like about a month and a half of trying yeah. to figure out a date. Yeah. But I was intent that we were going to do that <laughs> this fall. And we did That's it. That's good. You did it. But I think it's forcing ourselves to say there's, you know, we're not going to be able to do this every week or every month, but yeah. a couple times a year, let's all really try and make something happen so we mm-hmm. can spend time together. Mm-hmm. Yep. it's a good goal. In which spiritual discipline do you most want to make progress this year and what will you do about it? So for me, in the last few years, I have started a spiritual discipline that I want to continue and am continuing in this year. And that's that um, I realized when I first started on staff here that I knew a lot of scripture verses, but I had no idea where to actually find them, except a few of them. You know, the main ones, John 3, 16. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> randomly have phrases in your head, yeah, but you, you didn't know. Yeah. I, yeah, because we sing a lot of scripture, but I actually didn't know where I would find that scripture if I wanted. Right. So when I work with people with all of their different challenges and pain and muck, then I want to be able to know where do I find that. So if a few years ago, I started intentionally memorizing the reference. I didn't care if I didn't memorize the verse exactly, but at least I knew if I was looking for that verse, where to find it. So I have a pot by my coffee maker and it has kind of like index cards in there with a verse on one side and the reference on the other side. So when I'm making coffee in the morning, I read a verse and try to memorize the reference to where it's at. And I've been doing this for a few years and it's a lot of fun and I can see the payoff. So it's like, I need to continue doing this because of course I always forget the ones that I used to do. I have hundreds in there. And wow. This is going to take me, this is going to be a lifetime thing, <laughs> I realized. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of intentionality to actually yeah. write out the cards, yeah. put the thing yeah. on the back, have them ready. Like you have to think that through and it has to be ready for you to do it. Yeah. But even when we're working on memory verses with our youngest, we often go, uh, I mean, there's kind of an attitude of like, who cares about the address? <laughs> Just get the verse. Yeah. You've got the verse, you, you get the sticker. And also it's in your heart and your head and all of that. Yeah. But 
we don't seem to care as much about the address. Sorry, yeah. I shouldn't be laughing. That's horrible. Well, <laughs> no, the verse is really important. You're right. And I hadn't cared about the reference either, except that when you're really trying to work on somebody in terms of where do you find that issue oh, of pain or suffering, I'm like, I don't know. Is it yeah. you couldn't bring your Colossians, little... Ephesians, Isaiah? I don't know. So I started going, I have to know where yeah. these are. But it's been working because yeah. I have been, I've heard you be able to come up with a verse and say where you find it. And I've been totally at a loss as to where to find it when you've referred to it until you said where it was. So it's great. You're, yeah, you're making it work. Fun. Number five, what is the single biggest time waster in your life and what will you do about it this year? Oh, I have to jump in again. Yep. About a year ago or so, I decided that um, I wasn't going to look at Facebook anymore. So I'm still on Facebook. It's a great way to meet, uh, catch me by messenger or something, but I actually have not scrolled through Facebook in about a year. And I found it's a huge relief for me not catching all those bits of things that seem to clutter up my brain. So, you know, I know that's not for everybody and Facebook is a good thing. And and sometimes I feel really sad that I'm not on there because I'm behind the info. I haven't heard the latest, but ultimately I think for me, it's a better option at this point. For me, um, I hate grocery shopping and I hate making, like, I'm not a natural cook. Like, I just cook mm -hmm. because the family needs food right. and uh, it's not Practical my natural. Cook. And so I would always put it off and then I'd end up running to the store every day oh, yeah. to buy stuff because I just hated doing it so much. And so I'd end up spending half an hour, 40 minutes every day going to the store. Oh. And that was a big time waster. Yeah, and yeah. So I said, this is ridiculous. Like, I actually have to do this. I have to be the mom and make meals. And so I've been forcing myself on Sundays to do a meal plan. Yeah. And I've been doing the online order yeah. things mm -hmm. we save on so that I have my groceries for the week and it's like I still hate doing it and I grumble you can talk to my kids and I was like oh mom's doing the groceries again but because I don't hate the planning and the totally. but, yeah. but it's helped me now in my week I yeah. know when I run home from work I know I have the stuff to make the meal and I don't have to spend the 30 minutes going to the grocery store yeah yeah, yeah. that's so planning is awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah and online shopping hello I know it's so good, so good. I love it yeah. It helps that the store is right at the bottom of the hill where I live, so I can just zoom by and grab it, and I think there you what, go. What I like about what you said is that part of evaluating is what do you absolutely hate to do, and how can you find a way still to do it, but maybe to do it in less time, or to recruit some help, or delegate it, or whatever. I, I like that. Yeah. Rather than just grumbling about it all the time, because that's what we tend to do. <laughs> right. Well, right. I grumble and get it done at the same time. But well, Yeah, but that's like laundry and bathroom cleaning. That's just a given. Ugh. Yeah. Number six, what is the most helpful new way you could strengthen your church? I love that question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think people forget that uh, one way to strengthen Northview is simply to show up. Like I said, having Erin and her husband, Kevin, and their kids come to prayer night last night was simply encouraging. Yeah. And then see all the faces that walked in the door. It's just like, ha, ah, you're here. Yeah. Like you don't have to even open your mouth to do anything after that. The fact that you've shown up. And weekend your services, time. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to volunteer, although we would love that, of course. And there's a lot of ways you can do that in your gifting. But simply to show up and smile and say hello is huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like when I thought of that one, I thought there's people that sit right around you every week. Most people tend to sit in roughly the same area. And there's people that we don't know who sit right near us or across the aisle or right there. And they're having their year of ups and downs and highlights. And 
And it would be so great to strengthen our church if we just even knew the people who sat around us. Yeah, their name. And know their name and roughly what's going on in their lives yeah. and their family dynamic. And to be able to pray with them when you see yeah. that they're discouraged. Uh, or even so silently be praying for them as you stand behind them and see, oh, this is obviously some hard stuff they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Or rejoice with them when you see them, you know, standing yeah. there with their arms raised and joyful. Yeah. Yeah. And like you talked about encouraging the pastors, like I think um, there does tend to be the the situation where people get more feedback when there's negative situations, oh, right? Yeah. Where people are upset about something or whatever. And there's not a lot of people, and I know I can be guilty of this too, of not thinking of sending that encouraging email or that, mm -hmm. oh, your sermon really touched me or, or not even if it's a sermon, but it's something else that just those notes of encouragement. I know there's mm -hmm. some people in our church that do that amazingly well, Richard and Dorothy Friesen yes, are constantly right. building mm -hmm. into the pastors and elders here. They've just made the decision to do that. Yeah. And I mean, that's just, it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Or one thing I saw over the Christmas break, we had two of the youth leaders that used to lead my daughter. She's now in first university, but she had a number of the university kids over at our house, these two youth leaders. And I was amazed at, that's one way to strengthen your church is to keep in contact with the girls or the guys that you used to lead. Yeah. Like they gave of their time. They don't have to meet with right. these former high school kids. I was amazed. Yeah. Yeah, your daughter Jessica was at our house for yeah, that. Yeah, and Jessica was telling me later that week how some of these girls, how her youth leaders had influenced her, mm -hmm. how they had helped her huh. through high school. And I said, you need to tell them that. Yeah. Because they probably them. think you're a solid person. You come from a good family, blah, blah, blah. It's not really important that I was there. But they were huge to her. And she yeah. needs to tell them that they were huge to her. Yeah. yeah. So we need to think of ways, yeah, we can strengthen and encourage. And, and to I thank those them. volunteers. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's what you're both alluding to is thanking the volunteers that are in your sphere. Mm -hmm. So yeah. whichever kids ministry court you're or, sitting yeah. in, whichever <laughs> all of our courts. <laughs> That's funny. Whichever yeah. youth or children's ministry you're involved in, thank those Sunday school teachers or those youth groups. I know one mom, a friend of mine, before Christmas she said she didn't really do teacher gifts this year, but she put all her homemade salsa and jams into a big basket and sent it with her son to youth group and said, just pass these out to whoever was at a youth leader that you think has, you know, has really impacted you or whatever. And just tell them thank you for working wow. in the concession and and running the sound booth. And her salsa is excellent. So I'm sure it was <laughs> wow. well, well enjoyed. <laughs> okay. Number seven, for whose salvation will you pray most fervently this year? Ooh. That's a good one to think about. Yeah. Number eight, what's the most important way you will, by God's grace, try to make this year different from last year? So that's talking about, yeah, ways we want to, things we want to get rid of, things we mm -hmm. want to add. Yep. A little broad, but yeah. you could put mull over that one for a day. Number nine, what one thing could you do to improve your prayer life this year? So that was a goal I took on a while ago, um, and I need to think about it for this year, but there was a year where I um, intentionally set aside um, two weekends where I went away for a prayer kind of time, and also um, specific, I think two or three other like mornings that I just put on my calendar and knew that that was set aside. And I've really found that beneficial hmm. because, yeah. it, again, if you don't plan it, it doesn't happen. So, yeah. That's, that's cool. Something. I yeah. like that you did that. Number 10, what single thing that you plan to do this year will matter most in 10 years and in eternity? Hmm. So these are great questions to think about. There are another 21, which we won't <laughs> read. No. But was there any ones in that group that you guys wanted to um, just 
pull out that jumped out at you? Yeah, I have one that I'd love for people to take to a coffee shop or over a dinner and see what they come up with. The question is, what one biblical doctrine do you most want to understand better this year and what will you do about it? Hmm. I want to think about that for myself. You can ask me in a few weeks. I have to think about that. Yeah, I liked this one about what single most important thing you could do to improve the quality of your commute this year. And I don't even really have a commute, but I just think, I mean, I drive around mm-hmm. my kids and stuff, but I think there it's kind of a like a vacuum of time yeah. that you're sitting there in a vehicle and you could be doing something beneficial or yeah. something stupid. Like there's lots of things you could, could go either way there. Yeah. And it's just a tiny little portion of your day, but it could be... It could be really significant. Yeah. But we probably have those bits of time all over the place if we would think how we would intentionally use it better. Like I um, like like to walk, but I get bored. So I have started putting on, well, years ago, I started putting on a podcast of some sort so that I would learn something as I walked and felt so much better about myself, right? You you (laughs) tap yourself on the shoulder. (laughs) But that's like a commute, right? What are you doing with your bits of time that you could improve? Yeah. I like that this, like what you're saying too, but like this is super specific to that mm-hmm. one part of your life that could be a little more this way lean yeah yeah so we would encourage you if you want to spend a bit of time over the next couple of weeks thinking through some of these questions as you set a trajectory for the year uh, download this from the gospel coalition or else from our north U women page 10 questions to ask at the start of a new year probably if you even googled it by donald whitney you would come up with it so Hope that has been encouraging to you and interesting to think of just the difference of being in Christ and without without Christ in terms of our resolutions, how we can make things have a more eternal focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, would you mind praying for us as we sure. go? All right. Thank you, Lord, that you've brought us through uh, a whole year and that we can sit here at the beginning of the year and rejoice in your name and um, be hoping that this year we would honor you in all that we do. And so we pray as each person who's listening is thinking about their resolutions and as we each plan those new actions out that you would um, be honored in those things and that we would give you glory in your name amen 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 happy new year happy new year